it's like this Swedish Norwegian the Swedish book series for I kids. know what it is but like if you read all the books in order there's like eight novels well seven novels in a book of short stories it goes from being this like vaguely like almost Winnie the Pooh-esque type storytelling imagine if Winnie the Pooh had had like six more books afterwards I don't even remember the but first like imagine because you know the books are like Winnie the Pooh and it's like his friends and like oh we're going on expedition Christopher Robin and like no I don't know but you know the story of Winnie the Pooh with like Tigger and Rabbit you know well, the, I know the characters. characters imagine like the stories continue long enough and Milne had been kept writing them long enough that eventually he started like really exploring like what it meant to be these characters and then finally just one book was like this switch and it suddenly blindsides you when he writes these incredibly introspective short stories that start delving into the psychology of what makes these characters who they are until finally the final book doesn't even have any of the main characters in it and it's all the the like the secondary characters wondering where the main characters are but through their actions and reminiscences you learn even more about the title characters than you'd ever like that's what Moomin does it like starts off as this like sort of like lighthearted children's series and gets incredibly philosophical and introspective by the end. I don't have to imagine that because the internet already does that with Winnie the Pooh. Okay, but this is the actual author doing it. Cool. <laughs> Legitimately. That's why Moomin is so happening. This happy. should not be in the intro. It's like eight books of these characters plus the years of a newspaper comic strip that was written by the same written and illustrated by the same author. Plus there's like five or six TV series based on you it. You should do a podcast. In Japan. Plus, there have been several feature films, and there's a new TV series coming out this week with Taron, or this this spring with Taron Edgerton in the lean role. You should do a podcast if you want to talk so much about this. People keep telling me that to do it, but I have another podcast already. That's taking up too much of my time. And we're gonna cut all of that we're right cut here. All of this. There's no way I'm including a long introduction about the movements in in, in this episode of It's Still Toro Time. Uh, or am I? You're Hi not. everyone, I'm Phil. And I'm Ollie. And it's, it's moving time. <laughs> Ollie, what do you know about, have we ever discussed on this show the Hollywood Blacklist? No. Uh, I think I covered it in my, when I did a Brute Force Twitter-sode. Uh, but roughly, I, you've probably heard of it. Uh, back, uh, nope. <laughs> hold it still. Back in like the 1950s, like, uh, when the House on American Activities was trying to like ferret out communists from like all walks of life, like it was trying to clear communists out of the country. And it became, they, there was the House on American Activities Committee that formed a legal part of the government that would call people up, you'd get a summons in the, in the mail, you'd have to appear before this committee and and admit to being a communist or having been a member of the Communist Party and then out any members of the Communist Party that you knew or worked with. What if you weren't? What if you weren't? Yeah. Like actually a member of the Communist yeah. Party? Then why would they have called you before the House and American Activities Committee? Because they're paranoid. And because they were wrong? Yeah. <laughs> but if they were wrong, they wouldn't have called you in the first place. So when were you a member of the Communist Party? Exactly. The look you're giving me is exactly it. So there were communists. In, uh, communism was a major political movement in the United States. Yeah. And there were bad communists. There were Stalinists. There were people who definitely wanted to, like, 
sow discord and actually like bring bad things into more bad things into American <laughs> politics. Uh, but the House Un-American Activities Committee went way overboard. There was no way to get around them. If you were called up, you were guilty, and you better name names. And if you didn't, you could go to prison. Uh, or, uh, at the very least, have your entire career shut down. And I remember hearing about this happening to someone. It happened to a lot of people. Well, no, but like specifically someone. I think it was in AP U.S. History. Uh, we covered... Well, in Brute Force, it was a big deal because that movie came out right during the whole, like, Thing with the House Un-American Activities Committee. There were a lot of people in that movie and in film noir in general that were a refl- who, who were like a lot of people who created film noir and like early like noir fiction and stuff uh, were eventually like part of this whole deal because there's an extreme leftist leaning to like that whole like genre. Now in the 1960s at the late 50s early 60s which is where we are now in our movies that's all kind of falling apart, and people are getting kind of sick of the House and American Activities Committee. But there was this thing called the Hollywood Blacklist, where if you were, Hollywood was terrified of being associated with communists because it meant ticket sales. Like, America was terrified of communists. If they thought Hollywood was in bed with communists, they would not go see the movies. And so Hollywood itself started trying to ferret out communists. Unfortunately, a lot of the best artists working in Hollywood were extreme leftists who had, if they weren't communists, had at least communist sympathies and had attended a lot of communist rallies. And there was one man who was at the center of all this. His name was Dalton Trumbo, which is the dumbest name I know. (laughs) But he was very famous, a very famous author. He wrote a a novel called uh, uh, Johnny Got His Gun. Never heard of it. This extreme anti-war novel, a fascinating book. If you ever get a chance to read it, it is fascinating it's about a man who is in world war one and he gets severely injured and he loses his arms his legs his entire face he loses sight his ability to talk and uh his ability to hear and the whole book is told Yeet. the whole book is told from his perspective uh as he struggles to communicate with the outside world that he actually has a mind inside this like shell of a body and it's very un it's very anti-war <laughs> rather be dead than be like that that's kind of the point of the book uh but uh, dalton trumbo uh was eventually called before the house of american activities committee he wouldn't admit to being a communist he wouldn't admit to anything he wouldn't name names and he was blacklisted just uh wiped off the slate of hollywood until the late 50s and people were like we kind of want dalton trumbo back because he's really good so what they would do is they would uh they would let people on the blacklist write movies under different names Mm -hmm. and around this time the novel Spartacus comes out Uh, the author of Spartacus whose name I can't remember and I'll edit in right here Howard Fast famously wrote Spartacus as a response to all this mess in in much the same way that Arthur Miller wrote The Crucible in response Mm -hmm. to the House Un-American Activities Committee witch hunts Uh, Spartacus was written as a response to that as well just sort of written as this uh historical novel or his yeah historical 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 novel uh then it came time to adapt it into a movie and uh, it went through a lot of different hands kirk douglas our friend from power and the glory paths of glory <laughs> not power and the glory i was like you give me this one. paths of glory the kubrick film yeah. we watched uh latched on to this and was like i want to make i want to i mean there's a lot of, there's a lot of history to this but he kirk douglas helped get this movie made a huge epic. Uh, no one wanted. No director wanted to touch it. Uh, they lost some directors. No director. Finally, 
he was like, hey, I worked with this guy Kubrick on Paths of Glory. They brought in Kubrick. Uh, it's the biggest film Kubrick had ever worked on, like $12 million, which is like a hundred and some million dollars today. Mm-hmm. Huge film, huge film. I think Paths of Glory was like, was like $900,000. Uh, huge film. And nobody liked working with Kubrick. Uh, Kubrick didn't like working with anybody. Is Isn't whole, that just... That's how, that's how Kubrick Yeah. Did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the big thing about this, you'll always hear about Spartacus, is that they got Dalton Trumbo back to write the screenplay. And that Kirk Douglas was like, not only do I want Dalton Trumbo on the screenplay, I want to credit him as Dalton Trumbo. We're putting an end to this stupid blacklist. I'm Kirk Douglas. I've got the power. I'm gonna make him. I'm gonna end the blacklist. I am Shira, <laughs> and I'm gonna be. The, I'm gonna be the hero of American American filmmaking, and that is the story you hear to this day. Thanks to Kirk Douglas, he was like he went up to the to the guard at the at the studio gates and was like, "Put this name on your list." Dalton Trumbo hasn't walked through the, these gates in ten years. Put him on, and he's gonna come here as Dalton Trumbo, and everyone's like, "Hooray, Kirk Douglas!" Come to find out, that's not necessarily how it actually happened. Kirk Douglas kind of like sold that story, and that's the story that he tells. He's still alive. He's like 99 years old. He did a one-man show a few years ago <laughs> called like Before I Forget or something. Like story of his life. He told this story a lot. Uh, and you know what? You're 100 years old. You're 100 years old. You get to make up some stories about your life. Because you can't remember the real ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but still... Uh, the famous story about this is that this movie ended the black. The blacklist was kind of falling out of favor before Spartacus came out. Uh, okay, cool. It is cool. <laughs> it's a, the, well, I guess what I'm saying is this movie is is sort of a historic fiction, but it's also contemporary fiction for its time. It's telling a very contemporary story. Emphasis on the fiction. In the guise of historical fiction. Emphasis on the fiction. Uh, yes. It's very much about slavery, a slave revolt. It's about, it takes the historic epic and turns it on its head. Uh, it was, rest- so what we're going to, what we're watching is also a, a restoration of it. I can't wait to point out all the inaccuracies. There's stuff in this movie that got by the censors. There's stuff in this movie that was very, very advanced for his time. Some of this movie was cut until it was restored because they were like, you can't have the gay guy. I knew movie. it. You can't have the gay guy in the movie. It's in, it takes place in Rome, right? Um, yeah, or it deals with, it's Sparta. very, it, it's very similar in way, some ways to Ben-Hur. It's got a lot of the same like parallels, uh, a guy facing the Roman. It's, you know, it's. Ben-Hur, I can't remember what. And so, it, you know, we're not going to watch Ben-Hur, but also it has an intermission. So I know we'll have to probably have to watch this movie in chunks. Are we gonna Are we gonna like do uh, another intro before we start the second part of the movie? Should we do that? Should we interrupt the movie yeah. and t- talk t- and reflect on what we've seen so far, the story so far? Uh, maybe we will. We will. How about we do that? Okay. okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and then before we watch the second half, we'll we'll do a little intermission because it's a long movie. Uh, so uh, Spartacus, directed by Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick hated this movie, by the way. He didn't have control over it. Didn't he hate everything? He really hated Spartacus. I think this is the <laughs> only movie he truly disowned. He was like, they wouldn't let me do what I wanted to do. Even though people watch it and they're like, this is a Stanley Kubrick movie. But he's like, they wouldn't let me. I want to do my own thing. I'm making Lolita. And then he went off and made Lolita. And he put a big a big Spartacus joke in it. So uh, if you ever see the movie Lolita, there's a Spartacus joke Is that based on the book? It's based on the book, Lolita, by Vladimir Nabokov. So... Yep. Isn't it like a horribly depressing book? 
Um, it's a comedy, mystery thriller, uh, with a very, very horrifying subject as, as its central. Pedophilia, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's a, it's a dark, 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 dark comedy. Uh, with a lot of fun wordplay. And it's a mystery. Who is the mysterious man? And Spartacus jokes. And there's Spartacus joke. In the movie, there's a Spartacus oh, joke. Okay. Because Kubrick was like, Spartacus. <laughs> so are you ready to watch? Grab a bucket. <laughs> Grab your popcorn. A bucket of corn. You can't say that word on here. What? You just said grab your bucket of corn. I said fine, grab your bucket of corn. It did not sound like you said that. Grab your bucket of corn as we watch Stanley Kubrick's 1960 film, Spartacus. You can't call it his film because he disowned it. He loves everyone. <laughs> back and it is intermission time intermission for spartacus it, it would have been a good idea if we had to make this like segment like as fast as like the intermission was gonna be well that's what i'm thinking like let's so this is gonna be like if we went to go see a play or i guess a movie <laughs> and it was an intermission and this is us getting up and stretching our legs and being like Whoa, what do you think of the story what do you think of it so far and you're like you're like well i don't want to like I don't want to spend all my like interesting insights now because you know we're trying to run to the bathroom and we're trying to like eat some concessions and we're trying to like uh, just like shake our legs out. But like let's let's touch base a little bit and just see where we are in the story so far. And where are we in the story? story? <laughs> all right, so we're watching Spartacus, mm -hmm. and we're at the intermission. Yeah. And uh, he just had a big triumph over the Roman garrison. Over the empty Roman garrison. The empty Roman garrison. No Romans in this garrison. Only one. Just a just a whiny boy. A sad. You mean boy. a robot? A wiener robot? <laughs> you mean a robot? Oh, I mean a robot. <laughs> or a wiener robot. I guess it's like <laughs> he kind of is a he kind of is a little wienerman. Um. So this is uh the story of Spartacus. And he is a slave. So he uh. So what we've seen so far is Spartacus was working in like a like a. Was it a mine? It was a mine. I don't know what they were mining. Rocks? Yes. Just rocks. Is it right? Yeah, because they just sort of like seem to be pulling rocks off the side of a cliff and then mm -hmm. throwing the rocks down on the ground. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. pretty much it. Like, they, they, they're just pulling rocks out of things. I'm trying to see if there's anything that says what kind of mine. It just says a mining pit. He's just mining. Well, I mean, like, I guess there wasn't really, like, all that much for slaves to do. I assume they're getting like rocks for construction and stuff. I maybe. assume they're like, the, they the, I think the rocks, or maybe the rocks you saw like falling down are the stuff they don't need. What they're taking the stuff out that they don't need? Yes, because you gotta like you gotta tear away the, the the bad stuff to get to the good stuff inside. Then why would they put them in a box and then get yelled at when they dropped them? Because you gotta cart them away. You gotta take them away. For what? For so get rid of them. To, you dump the stuff you don't need into a pit. But they fell in off the cliff. To, to their death. Who did? The rocks? The rocks. Well, <laughs> and the baskets did too. This baskets. isn't important right now. In any case, <laughs> uh, Spartacus is a Thracian, which means he's from Thrace. That's all I know. That's all is that I know a about real Thrace. place? Yes, Thrace. Okay. Uh, Spartacus was a real guy, by the Thrace. way. Spartacus is a real person. This is loosely based on history. Uh, yeah, I know. You've said that. Historical loosely. fiction. Historical fiction. Uh, he gets purchased by a Roman businessman named Lentellus Batiatus, who's played by Peter Ustinov. Okay. Uh, fun story is that Peter Ustinov spent so long filming this movie 
that his child died when asked what does your father do for a living would say spartacus because <laughs> that's all his kid knew his dad was going <laughs> spartacus uh that's a little one of the many little fun notes but his child didn't die while he was filming his spartacus. child didn't die was filming his child's fine uh peter ustinov takes spartacus to his school where he learns to punch and punch and stab and duck and jump he jumps what does he jump over <laughs> things spinning laser blades spinning, laser blades spinning blades uh the, the, what i love about the gladiator it's a gladiator school what yes. i love about the gladiator school is that uh it has lots of wacky contraptions mm -hmm. don't they have wacky contraptions to practice on in world of warcraft no. i remember yeah in one of the one of the classes i was in classes like, like the, the species of oh the, right like i uh I had to like go like there was like dummies set up. I oh, a like, troll, yeah. Fight the dummies, yes. <clears throat> fight the dummies. It's my favorite quest in World of Warcraft. <laughs> uh, yeah. So and like, there's those things like just around the world as well. Yeah, there's like a lot of wacky contraptions. There's like spinning blades that are covered in stuff so that you don't get cut until they take the stuff off. And there's a uh, dummies. Yep. yep. Dummies. To punch. There's also other stuff. <laughs> yes. So uh, he's being trained to be a a gladiator. He'll, the idea is that they train slaves to be gladiators and then they sell the gladiators to like people who need, want their own gladiators. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Yeah. Does that happen? You know all about gladiators. I said this movie wasn't about gladiators because I'm an idiot. <laughs> the reason I thought it was about gladiators, I, mean, I remembered it being about slaves. I remember it being at a slave revolt. I remember them like, oh yeah, the slaves. I forgot that he was a gladiator. I was like, it's kind of a big part of Spartacus. I was like, oh, so he's a slave, so he must like and there's like fighting in this so there must be like gladiatorial stuff and you're like no and i was like that makes no well, historical slaves sense weren't just gladiators no but they're like, also magicians and songwriters no but like it was very common for also like it wasn't just slaves that were put into gladi like gladiatorial like training it was also like prisoners and stuff yeah. i know a lot of, I, I, latin everyone i learned more history than i did of the language but um <laughs> history is pretty fascinating but I won't go into that because that's not important right now. <laughs> so he gets trained by the the head the head trainer is a slave. Is a former slave who was promoted to. Yeah, was he free though? Was he literally was he legally a free man? Or I don't he... think so. See, I think he was still like just like a slave, but now he's like paid to like brutalize people. Mm -hmm. Or I assume if he's I don't know I don't know how it works. His name is Marcellus, and he's a jerk. I do know how it works. <laughs> and also is the lovely Virinia. Mm-hmm. She's very lovely. Who gets sent to Spartacus one eve. Yep. But Spartacus won't do it. Because he respects women. And is a... Man. And a... Virgin. <laughs> He's a virgin. He's never known the touch of a woman. He doesn't want to That's do because it. he was put into slavery at age 13. And he doesn't want to have his first time be in front of a bunch of leering faces. And which also, is what like, they would be. essentially rape. Yes. Peter Ustinov uh, wants to watch him do it with Verinia, who's played by Gene Simmons. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what movie we saw Gene Simmons in? Nope. Think back. The lovely Gene Simmons. We knew her from the movie Great Expectations. Oh, right, okay. I was gonna. I was trying to think of the name of that movie. Cause... She was in Great Expectations. She played a uh, very young Stella. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yes. Uh, Gene Simmons, who I had a crush on when I was in High school. High school. Why are you expecting <laughs> to know your own personal history? Because she was in the movie Guys and Dolls. Um, I did a song from that once. Which song? I can't remember. Marry the man today. No. If I were a bell. Yes. yes that's what it is. 
she sings that song. I don't think she actually sings it, though. I think it's dubbed. In any case, uh, even though they don't get to speak much, Spartacus and Verenia end up falling for each other. Mm-hmm. Because what else do they have going for them? Nothing. Yeah. Uh, and so one day, a man comes to visit the school. His name is his name is Crassus. Crassus? Crassus. Crassus. I can't tell what they actually... Sometimes it seems they say Crassus, sometimes it seems they say Crassus. I don't think they had the S-H in... Crassus. Tradi- traditional Latin. You bet your Crassus. <laughs> He's played by Larry Olivier. Lawrence Olivier. Do you remember what we saw Lawrence Olivier in? Nothing. I'll give you Oh, a wait. Is it the uh, that one... Uh, Notre Dame. No, nope. that's a different guy. It's a different guy. Did you know that Lawrence Olivier was born in Dorking? <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence Olivier was born in Dorking. I don't remember what we saw Olivier in. We saw him in something. In any case, <clears throat> um, Lawrence Olivier comes with his son-in-law, mm-hmm. uh, who I can't remember his name, but he's creepy. He's the robot man. He's a robot man. And, uh... And these two women... What are the relationships of the women? Well, it's Crassus's wife. Okay. And I believe their daughter, who is married now to the boy, okay. the man. The their relationships man. with each other were not made very clear. The two women are catty and unlikable. Mm-hmm. And they want to see gladiators fight. Yep. To the death. Yep. Also, Laurence Olivier gives his son-in-law... Uh, That's later. Yeah, but he does. He ends yeah. up giving him a medal and saying, you're in charge of the Roman garrison now. Because that's a good idea. Yeah. Let's just make this person who's never done anything like this in charge of the state army. What's funny is, so the gladiators have to fight to the death. And of course, Spartacus is selected to be one of them. Yes. But also one of his friends who's a gladiator. And mm-hmm. so you and I were both like... They're going to be made to fight. Of course they're going to be made to fight. Because there was the foreshadowing where they're like, if we have to fight each other... What are we going to do? And you're like, dun, dun, dun. And you're like, oh, okay. So they're obviously going to... Nope. Nope. Uh, Woody Strode puts an end to that. Mm-hmm. Good old Woody, Woodman, the Woodmeister. Woody Strode, <clears throat> who is a, who is a uh, African. He's from Ethiopia. Is he the Ethiopian? Yeah. Uh, he he is who is an Ethiopian slave who, uh, doesn't want to kill Spartacus. Nope. And so he spares Spartacus's life and instead attacks the uh, Crassus. Yeah, by chucking his cool spear. Yeah. Oh, it's and trident. Then- Trident, He's right. a, He fights with the trident. He gets a spear chucked at him through yes. his back and uh, gets dies. killed. Yeah. But he would rather do that than, than be a jerk. Even yeah. though... I don't know if he could have actually killed Spartacus. He had the trident at No, his but neck. I don't know if like like he would have been able to do it even if he had been not... I think he couldn't. That's why he was like, you know what? Screw this. I could. I hate this noise. Uh, poor D- Draba, Woody Strode, poor, poor Draba is hung upside down as an example. We don't know what happened to his body. Later his body escapes. <laughs> <laughs> it's very creepy. But what ends up happening is the slaves are so put off by their treatment that the next day, uh, well, no, Ver- Verenia is, is, what? Verenia gets... Sent away. No, gets sold. To Crassus. Yeah, because she poured wine on him. Poured wine on his son-in-law. Yeah. It's a long... It's a... It's a He's, it's hilarious. He's scene. lewd and lascivious, and he likes the ladies. And his wife is like, "You with your la-. everyone, everyone abuses slaves in mm-hmm. horrible ways, and they all think it's hilarious." And so Crassus, we don't think it's hilarious, but they, the Romans, yeah. all think it's hilarious. Um, and so she gets sent <clears throat> off, and but she gets sent off with Peter Ustinov. Peter Ustinov is is like, "I'll drive you because." Well, can we step back for a second? Step back. <laughs> um. 
uh, Spartacus punches the guy because he makes fun of his love for Verinia, right. not any other. Punches the trainer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, I think that if he had it, none of this would have happened. But he gets fed up. Well, yep. everyone's kind of in a bad mood anyway, because they were made to fight each other. Because Peter Ustinov says, like, you can't make my slaves fight each other. It'll ruin morale. Yeah. Uh, because as, even though he is a slave owner and a terrible man, <laughs> he's at least, I'm not here to kill slaves. I'm here to train them to be good gladiators. Yeah. And he tries to, like, keep things. I'm here to train them to keep them alive. Probably the best treatment they could have expected to receive from a gladiator trainer. Yeah. Um, but in any case, the slaves, Spartacus punches the guy and then it just... Strangles all... him and then drowns him in beans. Drowns him in a bucket of beans. <laughs> and then all heck breaks loose. Mm-hmm. That's when, uh, 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 what's his face? Peter Ustinov. Is just like, oh, what's going on over there? You know what? I'm going to drive her. <laughs> right. <laughs> he, he commandeers the cart driving Verinia and he hightails it out of there. Yeah. And then the real cart driver dies. <laughs> Yes, because the slaves have revolted. They tear the place apart. Literally. And they begin... Then Spartacus becomes their de facto leader, and the slaves end up just sort of moving on to the next town, freeing all the slaves there and capturing... Like, what if like a slave was just like, I don't, I don't want to join your revolution. Bye. I think the slaves do in the movie. Yeah. Um, so meanwhile, uh, back in Rome... Uh, there's some problems going on. Wow, really? <laughs> uh, so, okay, so Lawrence Olivier crashes, mm-hmm. buys a boy. Yep. Played by Tony Curtis, mm-hmm. who is supposed to be 24. Is not 24. Is not 24. He is supposed to be this pretty young boy. Instead, he's pretty Tony Curtis, but he's not 24. He's not 24. Maybe like 34. He is a he is a singer. A magician. And a magician. He's an entertainer. Yeah. He is an entertainer. <laughs> and he gets purchased to entertain. Yes. And so there's a scene in the bathtub where he is bathing Crashes and he says... I don't want to talk about it. He basically tells Tony Curtis, I like I like men, men and, and women. women. What do you think about that? And Tony Curtis is... And then he's like, come here, look at this. Look out this window. Look at these Roman soldiers. Look at them marching off. That's amazing. That's the power of Rome. Mm-hmm. Also, I like the boys. And then he turns around. And he's gone. And what's funny is they're in the palace. Like, they're inside the palace. Yeah. And he's like, Antonius? 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 And you're like, oh, Tony Curtis got, Tony Curtis got fed up and uh, walked out of the room. Just was like, all right, you're going to monologue. But come to find out, Tony Curtis didn't get fed up and walk out of the room. He fed up it. Yep, fed up and walked all the way to the revolution. He did. Because the next time we see him, he's just with Spartacus and pals. And I'm like, oh, I guess he just wandered off. And they don't... They, I guess once he was out of Crash's sight, Crash's was like, I guess that's it. Uh, so not only does he come across Antonius, he also uh, Spartacus also comes across... Verenia. Yay! She's there again. How did she escape the cart? Uh, the guy was fat. That's literally what she says. She just jumped out of the cart, and the guy couldn't chase after her. (laughs) And it's actually a very... It's the first scene we ever see anybody... Laugh. It is... And you don't notice that you need that until that moment when they're just cracking up about how he couldn't chase her. And you're like, oh, wow. Like, like, okay. Like, there is some laughter to be had in this. And then there's love. And a a feisty old lady. Yeah. It's my favorite character. Yeah. Tell us about the feisty old lady. Uh, I can't... I didn't... The thing about this movie 
yeah. that you can't understand what anyone's saying half the time. The sound is very weird in this movie. Like sometimes it's it's crystal clear and yeah. people are speaking, but other times you're like, what? <laughs> and from what I heard when they did the restoration, part of the weirdness of this is, if I if I remember correctly, the way it was originally recorded was strange. It was regular for its time. Mm-hmm. The movie was filmed in stereo, mm-hmm. and the way they used to do it was like. It wasn't like they do stereo now where, like, all voices are in the center and then the sound effects are just sort of, like, around you and off to the side. Yeah. Like, voices were in one channel and the sound effects were in a different channel. And so, like, stuff could get, especially in outdoor scenes, stuff could get very muddied if they didn't, like, re-record it. Uh, oh, speaking of sound, I just wanted to point out that in the bathtub scene mm-hmm. between between uh, Lawrence Olivier and Tony Curtis, when they that was a scene that was cut. The censors made them cut that scene because they, I were, wonder like, why. they were like, nope. Nope. And when they restored it, they were like, hey, we have this scene again. But the sound had been lost. Uh, it just degraded over the years. They didn't have the original soundtrack. And unfortunately, Olivier was long dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tony Curtis was still alive, although he was much, much, old, much older, mm-hmm. 50 years older. And he was like, I can still record my lines. So Tony Curtis re-recorded his lines, sounded just fine. They didn't have Olivier, so they actually brought in Anthony Hopkins, uh, who you may know as he... Made famous the role of Hannibal Lecter, mm-hmm. Anthony Hopkins. Uh, he plays uh, uh, Odin in the Thor movies. Okay. Uh, classically trained actor, studied under Olivier. Yeah. Knew Olivier inside and out. I mean, knew his voice inside <laughs> and out. And so he recorded, with, with Olivier's widow's permission, uh, Anthony Hopkins recorded those lines. Did a seamless job. Sounded great. Yeah, I couldn't tell it wasn't the guy. Couldn't tell it wasn't the guy. Of course, it was gro- it's a gross little monologue. But uh... Yep. You know... <laughs> Of all the things that could have been used as innuendos, mm-hmm. those two things were not it. Meanwhile, the Senate is like, there's all these like slaves and they're tearing apart <laughs> the countryside. What are we going to do? Um, Crassus is, so ch- and, then, and then enters the Hunchback of Notre Dame himself, yep. Charles Lawton, who's mm-hmm. like, you know who I hate? I hate Crassus. <laughs> you know who else I hate? I hate his son-in-law. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to send his son-in-law out to quell the rebellion, knowing that while he's out of the city, we're going to like try to put this young senator in charge mm-hmm. named... I don't know. You corrected the pronunciation of his name as we were watching it. Oh, they should have pronounced it Caesar. Oh, Caesar, yeah. Uh, Caesar. Julius Caesar. They're going to try to put this young upstart named Julius Caesar in power. Uh, so you get these wonderful scenes. There's a wonderful scene between Charles Lawton and uh, and Peter Ustinov, where they're they're such slime balls. Mm-hmm. They're these disgusting slime balls, but they're also the most like just down to earth people in the movie. They're so just far. very real. Yeah, because Spartacus is very Hercules. Yeah. Uh, one thing that Kubrick hated about making this movie was he hated the script and he hated the fact that uh, Trumbo made Spartacus perfect. Like, Spartacus has no flaws. He's just I don't this... know. I think his cockiness is a pretty big flaw. He's a little cocky, but he's got perfect hair. Perfect hair. Yeah. Perfect teeth, perfect skin. He's sure of what he wants to do. He's a little doubtful because he doesn't feel like he's smart enough. He can't read, but... Uh, so you get to these two guys. These two, like, sort of, like, hefty guys who are like, you know what the best thing about me is? I'm a big guy. You know who the best people are? Big guys. And they're like, Haha, we're big guys. Like, this is kind of like, I don't know. They're horrible people. And they're... also, uh, the hunchback of Notre Dame, what's his name? Charles Lawton? Charles Lawton. Uh, offers to buy the escaped Varinia. Right. And puts right. 500 
money and it's down as down payment pretty much yeah and he's like i'll give you some money because and he only wants her because he doesn't like crassus and crassus bought her but never paid for her so she's legally not his yeah yes and Um, the only reason he's doing it is to make him upset right uh meanwhile this guy shows up at spartacus's camp and is like hey you want some boats because we don't (laughs) like rome so we want you to keep fighting rome even though we think you're gonna lose because there's this huge garrison coming your way by the way mm-hmm. and spartacus is like i want the boats because they don't want to conquer rome they just want to leave yeah and uh so spartacus puts a down payment on the boats of treasure a treasure a whole chest of treasure mm-hmm. which the guy clearly is just which first there's this weird old like thing like oh well it's gonna be 50 million units of money I say units of money because I have no idea what they're saying, right. what they're calling the money. <laughs> um, you don't have that much. And uh, Spartacus is like, but we do. And opens this <laughs> chest just full of treasure. Yeah, it's like, treasure. And it's like crowns and jewels yeah. and gold. Where did they get that? Well, every time they, because they've been sacking all these cities. Every time they sack cities, they take everything. And they're sacking the homes of these incredibly wealthy patricians. So, and then getting their slaves, so... What about, like, all the, like, citizens who, like, don't have slaves and are just kind of, like... Knocking about... I think they just let them go, like, just leave them alone. Do they? Well, Spartacus isn't the kind of guy who's going to let people just kill anyone. Like, Spartacus seems to be pretty even-handed. He doesn't like all the killing. I don't think he... I don't think they kill anyone. Not, like... Not unless they have to. Yeah. I don't know. They're very vague on it. We don't actually see any fighting yet. Well, we saw the, the you know, fighting. The picnic? Oh, no. the, oh the gladiator. Yeah. <laughs> no, because we're about to come up on the big Roman picnic. Yes. So the Romans are having a picnic nearby. No, they just call it a picnic because they're just chilling. <laughs> well, they are literally stopping to eat. Like, they've set yeah. up camp. And the Spartacus spies are like, the Roman garrison's, like, over this hill. But they're not doing anything. Like, they're just sitting around. They don't they, have any of their defenses up either. Yeah, because they don't think we're going to be a problem. And Spartacus is like, okay, let's go get them. And so they do, but the scene is weird because... It's just a bunch of empty tents on fire. Yeah, you don't actually see them fighting any Romans. You just see Spartacus, like, on his horse walking through They the... just didn't want to handle that many extras in one scene. It's a lot of extras. Yeah. Uh, but they do find... Your robot. The robot man. And uh, the robot man has a name, but I don't have his name I here, don't care about his name. He, He's a weirdo. He, has a, he is the weirdest O. And uh, they find him, and everyone wants to put him to death. Everyone is just like, kill this... Man. Man. Kill this dumb man. Because he was cowering and playing dead. Right. He was pretending to be dead, which was awesome. <laughs> it's very him, though. It is very him. We call him the robot man because he speaks weird. And he talks, like, through his teeth. And his... I just don't know. I can't tell if it's intentional or if it's just not a very good actor playing him. Or if it's just, like, this weird affectation. Yeah, he's a weird <laughs> character and a weird performance. Uh, but... Uh, Spartacus tears his shirt with a baton and breaks his senate senate like there, he has a baton that like represents the Roman senate like here's my power and he Spartacus snaps it in half and shoves it down his tunic and is like put him on a horse and get him out of here which is a great idea yeah he's all you go into that senate you go back to Rome and you tell them that we don't want the ruling world we're just heading straight in this direction we're just gonna keep going in this direction and then we're going to get on boats and leave. And I'm like, don't tell. Also, like... Don't tell the guy. Also, like, I just... 
if they had just not done that, it would have been fine. I'm really hoping that this movie ends with them all getting on boats and leaving. Uh-huh. Because otherwise they're all going to be dead. You really hope it has a happy ending. It's a weird movie so far. It is a weird movie, but so far I'm digging it. Yeah. So far I'm like, all right, I follow it. I like the little... You remember how we said we were going to only make this the length of an intermission? It's a long intermission. (laughs) Someone got hurt backstage. It's a long intermission. It's so long that our TV shut off. Oh my God. (laughs) Well, oh, I guess intermission's done. I went to the bathroom. I got some... uh, Chips Ahoy. Chips Ahoy's. And now it's time to... Oh, the lights are blinking. Please return to your seats. The movie's about to begin again. Time to go back to our seats. We're in our seats. Time to stop talking. <laughs> yeah. All right, Time Maestro, to... fire up the projector machine. Time to put our recording devices away. That's the film sprocket. The film is off the sprockets. <laughs> Gotta film it. Gotta fix the film. All right, back to the show. Yeah. <laughs> So you're saying that we watched, when we recorded last time, we hadn't watched to the intermission yet? No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we watched the intermission, but we could have gotten to the intermission in our previous watch period, because it only took us two minutes of movie watching to have to pause the movie and then record for the intermission. Wait, oh, that's right, because we had stopped (laughs) watching it, and then we watched a little bit more, and we're like, we'll watch until we get to the intermission, and then we'll record, but that's what it was, and then we were like, oh, and then we... I'm confusing getting to the intermission with all of our attempts to get to the end of a chapter, which <laughs> I was always like either like, oh, we're almost to the end of this chapter, but then it was like 10 minutes to the end of the chapter, or it was like, oh, we're, we're oh, how much? And then it was like right at the end of a chapter. Speaking of which, this Blu-ray is... The worst. ...to get around. It's the worst. It's partly because of the terrible menu. It's the worst. The opening menu is just like sound... It sounds like, like a Lego video game. Yeah, every time you push a button, it goes like... That's just not what it sounds like. Doesn't it? Like that it was more of like a Lego like clicking sound. <laughs> it makes this like little like sound like I don't need Like a that. video game sound. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. It sounds like the opening of a Harry Potter video game, Lego. And it doesn't help that like Lego my Blu-ray player game. has like this like if you push the wrong button, you're going back not to the main menu, you're going back to the <laughs> Blu-ray player menu, and you have to turn your <laughs> Blu-ray on all over again and go through like the setup and the here's the Blu-ray logo and then like the whole like well, animated intro and it wouldn't have been so bad if we hadn't had to pause the movie six hundred <laughs> right. times last time. So this movie took us a while to get through just because time is uh, at a at a minimum here and it's a long movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, uh, our last little jaunt, we were like, all right, how much time do we have left? And it was like an hour. Like yeah. we had, I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, oh, we only have like 20 minutes left. And nope. Nope. No. Nope. Uh, got a, got a solid hour. So when we last met our heroes, uh, there was a conundrum. There was a big, a big, how do you do? Was the, the, the act one end with the routing of the, uh, of the, of the, of the Romans with him defeating the Romans in battle? Yes. Well, okay. with him defeating the garrison empty camp yes yes we never saw any of the bodies we never saw any of the enemy we just saw the man the man like in them striding through and then that's how it ended though yeah and then act two picks up with the like the humiliation mm-hmm. of 
of what's his face, the mm-hmm. robot man, who we never see again after that. Yeah, he gets the so the the, the young guy who was leading the garrison, robot man, Mister Android, uh, is is shamed in front of the uh, Senate. Yeah, it's the Senate, right? Yeah. Uh, and he's not executed though. No, he's exiled. Yes, it's such a weird like scene for me because he doesn't seem to be reacting in any negative way to the humiliation that's because he is a robot (laughs) don't ever forget that our man is a robot like Uh, in fact he seems like he's like oh great i'm exiled fantastic get me the heck out of here did we ever figure out what his name actually was (laughs) did we ever figure out which character that was nope so here's the thing with this movie the characters are named Crassus and Gracchus Gracious. and Bastiatus and and Marcus and Crixus and Marcellus Spartacus. and Granicus and it's you you just lose it after a while. We remember Verenia because she's the only named female character. There's also a guy named Dionysius. That's, Dionysius. That's the name of a god. Which is the name of a god, and I was like, a that Greek was... god at that. Yeah, and I was like, that's pretty like forward of your parents, especially like... if. A, a greek god but okay right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh so they sent so so spartacus defeated this guy's garrison and he was shamed and sent away and so was crashes Cra- but Cra- didn't crashes say like i'm going to yeah kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> um he's like oh so you're gonna get get kick my uh, son-in-law out right Yeet. so okay okay can we just can i just pause for a second and say it took me until the end of the movie to figure out who the good guys and the bad guys were and what was actually going on. Well, it's because there's three groups. There's the slaves. And also the audio, just in some scenes, just... Some of the dialogue scenes were like, what are you saying? <laughs> I don't know if that's my TV or the mix or what, but my thing is set on prioritizing vo- vocals and... There were just some scenes where I was like... Where I was like <laughs> and if you turn it up loud enough... To hear their voices in the next scene, it's like, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> um, so, uh, so there's the because there's the there's the slaves who mm-hmm. revolted and are, are led by Spartacus. Yeah. There's the Romans who were on the side of Cra- ba- of Crassus. There's basically Crassus's side, mm-hmm. and then there's uh, Gracchus, mm-hmm. who is played by Charles Lawton, yes. Hunchback of Notre Dame, who is trying to keep rome from falling to a dictator right and which is a noble enough cause right right he, and are... his his protege is young caesar is young caesar and now what is so what does he do he's like you know what caesar how about you just take over the senate i don't actually quite understand doesn't he put caesar in control of the garrison no because the other guy gets put in control of like the so Krakus. wait crashes <laughs> is like i put this guy in charge of the garrison so it's my shame as well so i'm leaving gracchus is like you'll be back and he does come back Mm -hmm. but we weren't sure how and when (laughs) and why uh he gracchus (laughs) gracchus puts julius caesar in charge of something things but then julius caesar goes over to basically what happens is is, um caesar is like mistakes crashes's um pride and um hubris for nobility and just cause right and starts supporting him instead of Gra- Gra- gracchus who's like well 
Yeet. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, okay. So. Okay. <laughs> they're afraid that Spartacus is going to attack Rome. No, they know Spartacus is going to attack Rome. But Spartacus has no intention of attacking Rome. He wants to get on his boats and go away. No, he's definitely attacking Rome. <laughs> no. This we, is after we find out that the... Or is this before we find out that the boats are the boats? This is before we find out. Right. Because what happens is he's like, we're going to go to this port town. We've hired this guy to get us some boats. And then we see him hire them. We're going to give him... We give him... They gave him the gold. Mm-hmm. And now we're heading to this port town to get our boats and go away. Rome isn't scared that they're going to attack Rome. They're, they just don't want them to get away. They don't want them that, to get away. Yeah. Um, they discover that they're going to be routed mm-hmm. and also that the boats are not a thing right so the so the boats are no longer there there's they they get down there and then and and spartacus's contact is like nope don't have the boats sorry dude and he's like what he's like yeah change of plans because so- crap because I, I i figured i found this out because crashes bribed the sicilian pirates as well right there's pirates involved in this we too. never see these pirates. we don't see any pirates but they're, but they're there. there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, Krakus. Crack, Which one? <laughs> Crassus bribed the pirates. So, they're they're out of the picture. Maybe you should just call Krakus' uh, character Charles Lawton. Yes. So, Hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> so, wait. So, Crassus bribed the, the pirates. So, mm-hmm. but what's happening is the Spartacus realizes that they're going to be, there's uh, there's a bunch of people coming up to attack them from one side. Pompeii. And a bunch of people coming up to attack them from another side. Can't remember the other one. And there's nowhere for them to go. Except, except for to Rome. Back to Rome, which is what the Romans want because they'll kill them. They, they know that with the Roman garrison, they can destroy. Oh, and did we mention that um, Verenia is like six months pregnant now? Right. She got <laughs> preg. So. And there's a really cute scene where they find out and it's just cute. Yes. It's cute. Um. So we've got this situation here. Crassus now has complete power of this over the Senate. Over the army. They give he's basically Darth Vader at this point. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I guess. He's basically Darth Vader. Is this Star Wars or Spartacus? No Star one knows. Wardicus. Spart Wars. Star- <laughs> uh, well it is and, and meanwhile Julius Caesar is basically just a hunk. He's just there. He's just a hunk. Like he's a hunk. We see him in one scene where he betrays Gra- where he betrays the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. And, but it's like the filmmakers were like, if audiences take away nothing else from this movie, please let them understand that Julius Caesar was a tanned hunk, because <laughs> that's pretty much all you see of him is just him being. He's very quiet, kind of dopey, and he's a hunk. And then he gets stabbed horribly to death. That's later. That's in the sequel. <laughs> Spartacus um, too, the death of Julius Caesar. But Spartacus is like, hey, there's no way we can defeat the Roman garrison. But I've got all these women and children here, so we may as well all die fighting. <laughs> so he gives like a rousing speech to his friends where he's like, look, we're, we either die as, as free sl- men or as slaves. Or as slaves. That goes for all the kids too. <laughs> and they're like, I guess that makes sense. And all the old people. And all the old people. And so everyone grabs a sword. Or a stick, or just makes fists with their hands. <laughs> they also somehow all get armor and shields, but I, no pants. Yes, they are all well shielded and well armored, but they all are just. Which is the dumbest. I have so many problems naked with from that. The waist down. I have so many problems with that because the legs are like the weakest part of the body. 
Like, to get hidden, you get hit in the oh, legs, I you're see. incapacitated. My legs are pretty strong. <laughs> like, you lose an arm, you can fight with the other arm, whatever. You lose a leg. Is that how it works? You lose a leg, you're, you're All done. over. <laughs> so let's talk about the size of this army, because there's, like, a lot of people. Yeah. Like, if this was modern times, they would just do it with computers. But these were real extras. That we had to wa- sit through and watch all of them walk. All of their formations. Mm-hmm. And it was long, but I also found it kind of fascinating. Yeah. Just like, wow, look at that. Like, and also, is this how war was? Yeah. And they, they, the, so here's the Romans, here's the Spartacans, Spartacuses, and they, the Romans are coming. And we did get to see a great, a great moment where the, the Spartacus people lit ro- lo- logs on fire. <laughs> okay, so explain the, what happened here. So the shields started advancing on the slaves. Mm-hmm. At first, they were in kind of a standoff, like who's going to make the first move? Obviously, the Romans, because they got impatient. Um, and all these shields started like coming up this hill with their shields out. And Ages so of shield. When somehow, and so and somehow, Spartacus's gang got a bunch of giant logs. Giant logs. Set them down on top of this hill. Managed to make them not roll down the hill. No, well, they had them on ropes. Oh, that's right. The logs. It had one man on each side with a rope. And then they got a can of gasoline. <laughs> Fuel. Uh, yes. So, somehow and accelerant lit, and lit them on fire. And just started running with them. And they started running with their burning logs and the Romans with the shields. What's funny is the Romans with the shields saw the logs get set on fire and were just like, all right. (laughs) And I'm like, dude, they're going to roll those logs at you. And they're just like, "Mm." and then they rolled the logs and the Romans were like, whoa. Well, they didn't roll the logs. They ran with the logs. They run with the logs. The logs are rolling and they're on fire. And then you get to see Romans get run over by flaming logs. And also running away. (laughs) But like. Roman away stop but like for serious people getting run over by flaming logs like dressed up in these little roman outfits with the bare legs safety hazard and these extras or stump people or whoever just like today's the day i'm getting run over by (laughs) about a hundred flaming logs for stanley kubrick (laughs) because he's got no cgi we couldn't show a person uh, get we couldn't show anyone get killed in any previous battles but all of a sudden we're running people over with logs everyone in that scene actually died well, this is the moment where I'm just suddenly like, oh, now we get to see some battling. Because the next thing you know, you're seeing a guy get his arm chopped off. <laughs> Literally seeing a guy get his arm chopped off. Like he's, he's holding his arm out. A guy comes running up with a sword and is all, hi-ya. And the, the arm goes flying and blood's all like spurting out of the stump. And I'm like, well, we're doing this now. And it's a big old battle. Mm-hmm. Don't you see a guy get decapitated as well or something? Chop. You get to see a lot of people getting chopped and stabbed and blood going everywhere. Oh, and then all the, also the other two armies come and start killing the slaves as well. That's right, because there were the two other armies coming. So I that think that sucks. if those two other armies hadn't shown up, the slaves would have been fine. They may have had a chance. Yeah. They may have had well, a chance. Well, because they were, they were owning the Romans. Right. Like at the beginning there until the other two armies showed up. Yeah. So they were lucky. They got lucky. Unfortunately, the Spartacans didn't. And there's a lot of people left and not many not but, compared to what they had before no, but crassus is and we see like the dead and there's like most of our friends are dead we see well we the first thing we see is um spartacus's friend from the other place get brutally murdered yes uh and we're just like oh i thought that was gonna take longer nope nope and then we see like the little children who we met before are all dead on the ground and then we see the old people dead on the ground like because like they they go they give us these characters like in like scenes as like 
Spartacus is like walking around the camp. Yeah. Like you see these like this cute like old couple who are like obviously in love and just want to like be happy together. And you see these kids playing together. It's very sad. Yeah, because you've gotten to know these people just as as extras. Like just these little these little bits of pieces of their army, and there they are. They're all dead on the ground. For some reason, he thought it was a good idea to send a bunch of five year olds into battle. A bunch of women did escape with children. We find out. Yes, but they're all going to get captured. So, uh, well, we don't actually find out if they get captured or not. Oh, the uh, the big thing though is Crassus wants Spartacus, mm-hmm. and because he's been hearing about him, and they're like, "Oh, you knew him, like you saw him fight," and he was like, "What?" And so he gets oh, uh, because Peter he... Ustinov, yeah, back, and he's like, "I want Spartacus. Who is Spartacus?" And that's when Peter Ustinov's like, "You saw him. You saw him fight," and he's like, "I don't remember. I just remember the like the like the African guy," and he's like, "No, he was the other guy," and he's like, "I don't remember," and uh, he's like, "You." What is the deal he made with him? It's like, you get him for me and I'll give you... All of them. He's like, oh, because the deal is I'll let you auction off the slaves. Mm. That's what it is. I'll let you be in charge of the remaining ones. Right. But Peter Ustinov can't do it. He won't do it. Something weird is going on. He won't sell out Spartacus... Not just for not for moral reasons. Uh, I I think it's for moral reasons, but he disguises it as like for like uh like business reasons Mm -hmm. but he's it's really vague but he won't sell out spartacus so we get the famous i am spartacus scene Mm -hmm. which is where spartacus is like i'm spartacus well no first it's (laughs) what are you what (laughs) (laughs) i did that wrong (laughs) where spartacus is like i'm I'm spartacus spartacus (laughs) Spartacus is not like i'm Spartacus. no (laughs) i was like what are you on about (laughs) no uh the young boy who was um Crassus is not young. The Tony young, Curtis, the young, not Tony. young boy. Yes, Tony Curtis's character. Crassus is to- some something man. His bo- body servant, his yeah. body man, whatever you call um, it. Is like I'm Spartacus, and Crassus is like, huh? <laughs> and then every other person stands up and says, "I'm Spartacus," except for Spartacus. Except for Spartacus. <laughs> so the whole deal is, if we can't find Spartacus. Okay, if we if we find Spart once we know who Spartacus is, we're going to take him, we're going to crucify him. If we can't find Spartacus, we're going to crucify everybody. Mm-hmm. So everybody stands up and is like, "I am Spartacus." And as you said, the only person who does not say I am Spartacus is Spartacus. Which if by by reason of elimination, I'd be like, "Oh, so that's Spartacus then." Thanks everyone. It would have been pretty funny though if Crassus is like, "Well, I guess that one guy's not Spartacus." And like let him go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like i guess everyone else gets killed so everyone is condemned to death mm-hmm. uh, but first okay we have a scene where crassus is walking through the battlefield yeah and sees this supposed body in a cloak and then here's baby right and we find that Verenia survived and has given birth birth? (laughs) because she was definitely pregnant Mm -hmm. right before the battle started Mm -hmm. so you were like i guess she gave birth on the battlefield who (laughs) was like you know what would be great let's bring my literally about to give birth wife to this battlefield and as i said i don't think they had a choice i think at this point everything was a battlefield yeah love is a battlefield as the song says love is a battlefield well, love doesn't save anyone in this movie, so... Nope. Nope. It's a battlefield. Mm-hmm. Battlefields don't save anyone. They slaughter people. Except Vinia and her baby. What did you just call her? Vinia. 
Verinia. Verinia. <laughs> so Crassus finds them and it he's like, you're mine. Yep. I and she's like, I. Okay. <laughs> is my kid okay? <laughs> and she discovers, you figure out, well, they have a little scene later on. But so what happens is all, everyone is condemned to crucifixion. And we were like, Spartacus, just say you're Spartacus. And everyone will go home except for you who's going to die anyway. Why aren't you just, just say you're Spartacus. Just let them all go. But they didn't. He's like... Well, I don't think anyone would have believed him at that point in, at, anyways. Because everyone else was saying it. But everyone else was saying it. But definitely Peter Ustinov's character could have been like, yeah, that guy's telling the truth. That's <laughs> He gave it up. Yeah, he's telling the truth. They're all acting as if... Like, all of a sudden, Spartacus doesn't seem to have any, like feelings about his men living i guess his idea is like they all want to die they all want to die i guess (laughs) rather than be slaves again i guess is the point uh they all want to die in the worst way the absolute worst way and i was like and so they start crucifying people on the side of the road Mm -hmm. all the way up through rome and there's just like men upon men upon men or men upon crosses upon road and I was like, they must be just tying their hands because nope, because that's like such a hard job. But then we hear a guy getting crucified off screen. And it's definitely not Mm-mm. tying ropes to his hands. Nope. So, um, but we do get a scene where Crassus sees his former servant and is like, save him for last. And Spartacus is just like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, also him. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. And Verinia. And Crassus have a scene. Mm-hmm. Which is the creepiest thing. But she's pretty awesome in it. She's pretty dope. She uh, she basically calls him out and is like, you're scared of that. You're scared of Spartacus. And you want me, because he's trying to be cool at her and like give her stuff and make her be happy. And she's like, no, you just want what Spartacus has. Because mm-hmm. you're afraid of him. And you're afraid of this guy. And she just totally takes him to the mat. It's a pretty nice scene. She's just she just roasts him. She drags him. But she also does it in a way as to not put her baby in danger. Right. How does she get away from him? Okay, this is where my specialty comes in explaining the convoluted plot points. Yes. So Gracious, Hunchback of Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah has is friends with Peter Ustinov's character. Right. They've had these little scenes all throughout the movie. We find out well, Gracious is like, oh, I see. So Rome is becoming a dictatorship, just like I still warned everyone that it would. Cool. Um, also, I've been exiled for some reason. Well, because he's now enemies with Crassus, and Julius Caesar moved over to Crassus's side. Right. So they know that Peter, I mean, they know that uh, Charles Lawton, that Gracious is a bad person to have around. Yeah. And he, so he's been exiled. Yes. But before, and he's allowed to take all of his women with him. Yeah. And they get this scene right before everything where, like, there's this one woman who's a reoccurring person that we see around his house. Yeah. Who's just crying. And he's like, it's okay. You're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Which is a weird feeling moment that... To say to a slave. <laughs> but also, like, that we haven't seen... Like, we haven't previously seen him seem capable of. Yeah. Yeah. He's mostly just snarky. But, um... So, Peter Usnoff comes in and is like, so, uh, what's up? Yeah. He's been lashed. Um... Yeah, and uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame is like, here, um, I'll double all of this money 
to give t- I'll give you all th- this two million of all of these monies <laughs> if you rescue Verinia and her baby from crashes. But he doesn't put it like that. He's like, I just want revenge. I just want revenge. It's basically just a bunch of moral choices that are disguised as revenge plots. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Peter Eustum is like, two million, great deal. Yeah, and then he's like, how am I supposed to do this? He's like, you'll figure it out. <laughs> and he does, some, somehow. somehow. That's the thing. I was like, how does she get away from the whole palace? Well, because um, Crashes goes out to see the last two people crucified. Right. But... They don't end up being crucified. Well, one of them ends up being crucified. Both of them don't end up being crucified. They're forced to fight to the death. Yes. And whoever is not killed is going to be crucified, yeah. which means they both want the other one to get killed because they don't want their friend to be crucified. Uh-huh. And this is the point where I was like, I didn't never thought that like Spartacus and uh, and Tony Curtis's character were like good friends. I was doing some reading about that. Okay. Because, you know, I'm the one who does all the research on the show. Of course you are. (laughs) Um, So I realized, like, looking back on some of the scenes, like, the scene with the magic and the scene with the blah, 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 that um, Spartacus was definitely took more of a liking to the kid than we initially realized. Mm -hmm. Like, he definitely saw him as more of a son character. Yeah. And once his father instincts kicked in because his wife got pregnant, he was like full full father on that on that kid. I guess I would have bought it a lot more if Tony Curtis hadn't been almost the same age yeah. as Kirk Douglas. Like, yeah. and my other question is, why didn't he use his magic to escape? He just have an egg, <laughs> just a bunch of crows <laughs> flying to the trick. <laughs> makes eggs appear out of thin air. Um, so yeah, so they have to fight to the death. And um, it's a very emotional scene because they're both yeah. trying to kill each other because they love each other, mm-hmm. which is symbolic. I say father-son relationship because that's what they said. Right. But we all know. <laughs> right. It is It is a very homoerotic relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mostly because this movie is almost entirely shirtless hunks. <laughs> it's just and also because it's Rome. Yeah. It's literally Rome. <laughs> so they fight and they're both trying to kill the other one. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, Spartacus ends up overpowering Tony Curtis and killing him with his dagger or his and sword. And then he's like, hey, you know what? You know what crashes? How about I just attempt to kill you too? Yeah. <laughs> no, he doesn't, which is sad because he literally has two swords. He has two swords. Uh, he does not use them. Instead, he goes willingly to the... I think it would have been amazing if he just... if like, I'm sure both of them could have taken on all those Roman guards. Yeah, at least taken a couple of them out. Because the Roman guards would have had to like defend themselves, and then they both might have died. Yeah, they don't know gladiator combat style. Anyway, uh, we don't get to see. We don't get to see. We don't have to see Spartacus get crucified. But, I was really uh, worried it was going to be like that Jesus Christ superstar scene. <laughs> I thought you were going to say uh, Passion of the Christ. <laughs> 45 minutes of a guy getting whipped. <laughs> uh, you don't ever see Passion of the Christ. It's literally just a movie where you watch this poor gentleman get tortured. No, thanks. It's, it's, it's a nightmare. It was so re- relentless and horrific. I saw it in the theater by myself because I was like, I got to see this movie. I got to see this movie. It was so horrific and relentless that I actually just started laughing ha- a, a ways into it. Not because I was like trying to be callous or like funny, but because it was so overwhelmingly violent and so overwhelmingly over the top and graphic that i was like what is even happening now i was just like this is ridiculous i was just like oh my god like 
Because he gets whipped like about a thousand times. You just a, you said a mental break for a second. With a there. cat of nine tails that's made of like barbed wire. Wow. So you get to like see every bit. I love it. Like his ribs get exposed. Okay, we're not here to talk about this movie. So much skin, and I was like, I don't think he would even be alive at this <laughs> point. I think he's. This is ridiculous. <laughs> And they're all, <laughs> and there's like, and then Satan walks around with a little baby, a little Satan baby in his arms. There's a Satan. Okay, we're not here to talk about this character. movie. <laughs> I'm telling you how much better Spartacus could have been <laughs> if there had been a Satan baby. Um, anyway, so then Viridia, Verinia, Valinia, whatever her name is, comes out of the house, um, out of the town. With her bait. What, uh, you're missing a scene. What scene? The scene where she goes to... Um, Charles Lawton's house. She goes to his house? Yeah. And says goodbye. Uh-huh. And um, he gives them a bunch of money. Right. And uh, right of freedom for her and oh, right. the boy. Oh, right. Gives her papers and stuff. Um, and then, this is the scene that you didn't understand. He has this dagger and he's like, well, cool. And then he walks behind a curtain and closes the curtain. And you're like... He's just going somewhere. And I was like, no, he, he killed himself. Yeah, I was distracted during this part of the show because there was a lot of like hubbub going on in the house at this point. If you don't remember. No, I don't. There was quite a bit happening in the house at this time. We were I actually don't remember. A child trying to practice piano and this arguing going on in the other room. So, uh, so yes, I was a little distracted. So I was like, oh, what happened with Charles Lawton? You're like, he's going to go kill himself with a dagger. I was like, oh, oh, I guess I must have missed that beat. Uh, and then Verlidia... Verinia. Verinia leaves with uh, her baby and Peter Ustinov. Mm-hmm. Again, this time she does not run away from him. No. But she does, unfortunately, drive past Spartacus. The, the crucified Spartacus, who looks pretty good for a guy who's been crucified. Still has that hair, though. That hair is amazing. He is, he's fresh, fresh-faced. Uh, he, I think he's supposed to be near death, but he does not look near death. No. They could have done a little better job in making this guy look like he had been crucified. <laughs> um, and instead of just being like, like, slyly showing her like son to him, she's like, I'm going to walk directly up to this yeah. man. <laughs> look at your son, Spartacus. And then she's like holding onto his feet like, no. Fortunately, Peter Ustinov's like, we've got to go and you are making a scene. And this is, they're going to know that you probably know who this guy is. Uh, Somehow they don't see her do this. <laughs> but she's all, look at your son. And Spartacus is awake enough that he can see his son. And she's like, I love you. Spartacus. Your son's going to be a free man. Yeah. And then they drive off in their little cart. And Spartacus dies. Assume, presumably. No, no, he dies. Like, after he sees his son, his eyes close and he's dead. Well, we don't know that. You can't yeah, hear I, his heart. I, I do know that. He he's, stops breathing. He's dead. They should have a guy walk by and look up and go, he's dead. <laughs> they should have a guy walk by and look up and it's actually Spartacus. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and he looks at the camera and he winks. <laughs> and then he just walks off after the cart. <laughs> or the cart. Or Spartacus dies and you see the cart go off in the uh into the distance and then you hear peter Ustinov go oh my gosh she just she and the baby just died all of a sudden <laughs> and then it says the end <laughs> just so the audience is like every good person is dead now i don't think that charles lawton was a bad guy they were all slave owners they were like they were in that weird position where like as nice as these people are they one guy is a slave trader and these people were slave owners so it's not a good look. Morally gray. <laughs> not slavery, like their characters. <laughs> <laughs> F- 
for who they were, which mm-hmm. was Romans at the time, Roman uh, citizens, mm-hmm. uh, they 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 tried to atone for some of their past crimes. And then the guy killed himself. But Peter Ustinov was a guy who sold. Yeah. yeah. But they all, even then they they tried to make him like the nice slave driver in the beginning because like he didn't make his gladiators fight to the death. He wanted it to he be. He just a, sold them to other people so they could. He fight wanted to the it death. to be a happy gladiator school. There's no such thing as a happy gladiator. <laughs> like he was like, I'm trying to be a nice guy, and I was like, mm. so. To be fair, Charles Lawton did write freedom papers for Verinia and her baby at the end. No, that's what I'm saying. He tried to atone for some of his like shenanigans early on and peter ustinov's character is just like i just you give, you give me a bunch of money cool i'll do it but it is that thing where if you know anything about history you know like well rome is about to become just a full-on dictatorship for a mm-hmm. while and this and then, is not going to end well and then someone's gonna get stabbed to death we know that the slaves do not win their slave revolt no it's a uh, it's the uh, it's the rogue one of classic hollywood movies <laughs> it's such a sad movie <laughs> it's like oh Oh, well, we know that these people aren't going to stick around because they certainly weren't talking about any of them in later films. Yeah, but not every single person died in this movie. Verinia and her baby escaped. That's true. Well, Darth Vader lived at the end of Rogue One. Yeah, but Darth Vader's not a good guy. Princess Leia lived. That's true. Except for later, like, not that long later, see, she actually died. You get to see the creepy, uh, the creepy Leia ghost robot turn around and go, hope, at the end of Rogue One. Nope. And her mouth does a weird thing. She has... I don't remember the Rogue One movie very well. She has Superman mouth. Was that after she died or before? After. Right? I don't know. (laughs) Time collapses in on itself when you hit a certain age. (laughs) She's not dead yet. She's going to be in a... Not Princess Leia. Well, I know that. She's going to be in a... I know that Carrie Fisher is dead. I know, but was Rogue One made before she died or after she died? after i don't remember <laughs> time collapses in on itself when you're an old man I so anyway if Spartacus. the doctor can keep time straight you can too spartacus uh 1960 Sparta cussing you out <laughs> uh so yeah that's the end of the movie uh uh everyone hated working on this film i wonder why everyone hated it uh kirk douglas hated it uh he hated working with stanley kubrick stanley kubrick hated working with everyone <laughs> Uh, Yul Brynner apparently was planning to make his own Spartacus movie at the same time, but decided not to because <laughs> there was another Spartacus movie going on. Uh, I liked Verinia's character. Yeah, uh, yeah, no. Uh, uh, one thing that Kubrick hated about this movie was that he hated that Spartacus was kind of a flawless human being. I think we talked about this mm-hmm. earlier, uh, and I do think that like Spartacus just kind of stayed this flawless guy up to the end. But I think that's okay for the story they were telling. Like, I think his char- character... I don't think he stayed flawless until the end. He let all of his people die. <laughs> for me, that's not flawless. That's letting all of your people die. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, but, you know, like... Uh, as far as, like, just, like, as a character, he's a little blank. Like, a little bland. Well, yeah. But I think but, that, like, I think that's the kind of movie we're showing. What Hollywood main white guy isn't a little blank well, I guess what I'm saying is like, <laughs> his character's not supposed to be that interesting because he's more of a symbol like he's the symbol of freedom that's what i was thinking i was like why don't they just say spartacus was never a real man so for the i'm spartacus and hail crassus chance they had seventy-six thousand people in a michigan state notre dame football game 
they like the crowd there their their crew the film crew went to this football game and just said everyone yell hell crassus hail crassus hail crassus and then everyone yell i'm spartacus i'm spartacus i'm spartacus and they recorded that seventy six thousand voices that seems like overkill uh eight thousand soldiers from the spanish infantry were used as the roman army uh they had to uh they had to build special big towers for kubrick to direct from so that they get those high up shots of the whole so army. So they could feel like a god. Uh, they had to cut almost every single battle scene except for one because the audience was too like, nope, nope. Uh, and each, each, each extra in those battle scenes, the hundreds upon hundreds upon thousands of extras was given an individual number so that they were always laying in the same place as corpses from day to day so that there was complete continuity. How much did they get paid? Not enough. People hated working on this. Uh, people complained endlessly about this. The cinematographer complained. The writers complained. The extras complained. Uh, how much? How do they feed all those people? The food. Just they grew food and brought it and brought it to them. <laughs> they had plates. How many plates? <laughs> A lot of plates. Too many. Uh, the cinematographer. This is one of my favorite things. Uh, the cinematographer kept threatening to quit uh, because he hated Kubrick so much. <laughs> and Kubrick told him, you can do your job by sitting in your chair and shutting up. I'll be the director of photography. Uh, but he stopped complaining after he won the Oscar for the best cinematography. Uh, here's another favorite thing I love. Kubrick wanted to shoot two camera setups a day. The studio wanted him to shoot 32 camera setups a day. <laughs> So they compromised, and he did eight camera setups a day. Ah, yes. But this movie would have taken, like, several years to make if at Kubrick's pace. Um, Imagine all those people having to work with Kubrick for seven years. God. It won four Oscars. It's considered one of the greatest epics ever made. Mm -hmm. Kubrick hated it and disowned it. Yeah, well, Kubrick hated everything, as we've learned, so his opinion is invalid. And, uh, yeah, it had a, uh, had a great score. People love the score. Um there was a lot of, I mean, you can talk about Spartacus for forever. Like it's just, just like you can watch the movie for forever. <laughs> it's so long. <laughs> it was very long. But at the end of the day, what did we think of Spartacus? I would watch it again. Would you watch it again? Mm -hmm. It was a good movie. Yeah. Uh, not a horror movie. No. Not a romance. Nope. Well, kind of. It has romance in it, but not a, certainly not a gothic thriller. You know what's really weird to me? The fact that Viridia falls in love with this man because he's the only woman who the only woman he's the only woman he's the only man who's like you know what i'm just not gonna rape you i mean i guess there were not there were pretty limited choices back then but still yes <laughs> <laughs> um is it any okay so as to why what Gamora del toro liked about this movie we covered it basically in paths of glory it was mm -hmm. the same reasons he liked he chose spartacus and paths of glory together they had to do this whole thing i think for the i think for criterion.com they did this whole thing where like he had to find pairs of movies that complemented each other. Wait, what? Guillermo what does Criterion have to do with this? Criterion's website. They did the same where they got great directors and asked them, like, do, like, double features that go together well. And for this double feature, he did Paths of Glory and Spartacus. Because he's like, they basically show Kubrick commenting on war from two different kind of perspectives, mm -hmm. but, like, kind of showing the same thing in two powerful performances by Kirk Douglas and, like, this very auteurish... I don't know. I thought Paths of Glory was a lot more stylized. Like it was I thought very... Paths of Glory was a lot more boring. 
Really? I love Paths of Glory. I think it's a great movie. If I just I felt to, it was a lot more boring. If I had to watch another one of these right away, I'd probably pick Paths of Glory, but I would definitely watch Spartacus again. Well, if you had to watch another one of these right away, you'd definitely pick Paths of Glory because we haven't watched that movie in so long. It has been a while. So there we go. There's the answer to that. <laughs> I have to grab something real quick for the, my, my little... What? Uh, okay. Huh? I had to just double check something before I talked about getting this on home video. Uh, there are two versions of this available on Blu-ray. There's the version we watched, which is fine, but has a really annoying menu. And also the weirdest audio issues. It's the It was the big anniversary edition, 50th anniversary, I think. That's edition. what that was. And then a few years ago, another Blu-ray came out with a better restoration and better sound, better image, and everything. So uh, And tons of special features. So uh, why didn't we get that one? It's like a dollar more. Why didn't we get that one? Uh, so make sure you get that one. It's it's the Blu-ray digital HD release, and you get like a digital copy of the film, and you can watch anywhere and all that. So if you're gonna if you're gonna watch Spartacus, and you don't just want to like buy it digitally, if you want to own a physical copy of it, that's the one I'd go for. But even then, the version we saw, even though the sound was a little wonky, time looked fine. Oh yeah, it like was it fine. looked it looked it looked fine. I um, I only had to look up the entire plot. Yeah. <laughs> to figure out what was going on. <laughs> but, uh, and who knows, maybe it was my sound. Maybe if I'd had a good sound setup or a good sound bar or something that could isolate the voices, who knows. But it's definitely very talky at times. And if you have trouble hearing the dialogue, it's going to affect your enjoyment of the I was film. like, hey, Dad, can we put on some subtitles? And you didn't put any subtitles on until the last 10 minutes of the movie. That was because I had a really hard time hearing what was going on because people were arguing in the other but room i was having a hard time hearing what was going on in the first I'm five sorry. minutes of the if movie if you really want to know more about spartacus check out dell four color number 1139 that came out in november 1960 as a comic book adaptation of the movie that uh you can find online uh i thought you were gonna say check out del taco for a second and i was like out, time to leave check out del taco <laughs> uh how about no. The joke from Lolita, by the way. You already told the joke. I did not tell what the joke was. Yeah, you did. No. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. Claire Quilty, at hum Humbert Humbert, asks Claire Quilty, are you Quilty? To which Claire Quilty responds, no, I'm Spartacus. Have you come to free the slaves or something? That's the joke. It's not a joke. There have been other adaptations of this story, most recently Spartacus the TV series, which ran for... 20 years. Three seasons and a number of miniseries. Two separate leads. <laughs> After the first Spartacus died of non-Hodgkin lymphoma, which is a tragedy. Every time you say that, I think you're saying not Hodgkin lymphoma. Not Hodgkin's. I will say that from what I know <laughs> about this TV series of Spartacus, it's got a whole, whole lot of of dirty sex. So, all right, time to end the episode. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> so, I will not be watching it with you. I won't be watching it at any period. point in the future. <laughs> I was just like, I was, I looked it up, and I was like, oh, it's one of those shows. It's one of those Game of Thrones was popular shows. Game of Thrones is popular. Game, but, you know, like it was like, let's make our own like sexy Didn't drama. It come before Game of Thrones? Was it before Game of Thrones? I don't know. It's got a lot of it in it, though. A Yikes. lot of it in it. Yikes. Uh, so, what's our next movie? I actually don't know. It's far shorter. I'll give you a hint.
The werewolf guy? What? Curse of the werewolf. Oh, okay. From 1961, Terrence Fisher's Curse of the Werewolf starring Oliver Reed. I'm glad it's a lot shorter. As the werewolf. It is a, it is a slapping 93 minutes. I, I mean, no offense. Um, actually, I don't know why I said that. I don't like werewolf movies that much. This is a different one. This is the one that Gal Toro liked. That who? Del Toro liked. Gal Toro. Good old Gil. Gil Toro. We should call him Gil Toro because of how many fishermen he makes. <laughs> this is this is a uh, based on I believe the novel Werewolf of Paris. Uh, yes, and which is a very strange werewolf novel. But if you ever if you read one werewolf novel in your life, it's an old old book. That's the one to read because you're like, oh, this is a scary book. This is a weird, scary book where it's about like family lineages and like the werewolf curse that gets passed on to the blood. I like the Doctor Who episode where the Queen of England is a werewolf. Well, there's no Queen of England werewolf in this one. With Rose Tyler. There is Oliver Reed, who may in fact have been a werewolf in real life. Because man, oh man, that man was a wild guy. Um, that reminds me of the the myth that i was reading about where it was like a werewolf but it would bring like fish to like poor people's houses and just leave them there and then just go good for him it was like it's like the one nice werewolf myth teach a wolf to fish give a wolf a fish and he eats for a day teach a wolf to fish and he eats Brings for life the fish to other people's houses <laughs> It's not even funny. Nope, that is not funny at all. But next week, we will be, or next issue, or next episode. Next issue. Curse of the Werewolf. We're getting back into Monster Mans. We're getting back to Monster Mans. We've got uh, not only Curse of the Werewolf coming up, but we've got, uh, oh boy. Mm. (laughs) Sorry, I had to stall for a second. We've got Curse of the Werewolf. The Innocence and Burn Witch Burns. We've got three spooky movies. Okay, another, witch, another movie about a witch burning at the stake. Three scary movies coming up. When so. are you watching The Blob? I don't think we're watching The Blob. I don't know why you keep <laughs> thinking we're watching The Blob. I think I said that you and I could watch The Blob one day. Yeah. But The Blob is definitely not like on like Guillermo del Toro's list of like most influential films. But can we watch it soon? <laughs> sure, we can watch The Blob at some point. Do you want to watch the original or the remake? It's really good. Both. Both. Which one's better? I just love the remake from the 1980s. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not. No. <laughs> <laughs> People say that in the 1980s, there were these three amazing remakes of classic horror films. The Thing, The Fly, and The Blob. The Blob is the one that always gets unfairly forgotten about in the shadow of The Thing. Except for by me when we're not ever talking about it. Fly. So, we are definitely watching The Thing for this show. We've already watched it. I don't think we're watching The Fly, but we may be. We should. And we're not watching The Blob for this movie, but maybe we will. We're not watching The Blob for this movie, huh? (laughs) Until next time, I'm Phil. And I'm Molly. And we'll see you when it's It's Del Toro Toro time. I didn't say time, just to see what you would do. (laughs) 